Hey, how are we doing, everybody? Doing good? Hey, if you're in love with Jesus, why don't you stand on your feet and let's give him a big shout of praise as we start this thing off today. He is absolutely worthy. He is absolutely worthy. You guys can be seated if you can this morning. Thank you so much for being here at Eastgate Church. Thank you guys so much for tuning in online and hanging out with us today. If you would, remember to like and share the live stream so we can reach as many people as we possibly can with the message today. And you guys in-house too, don't forget to check in on social media and let people know where you are. And if you've got an extra second, go ahead and take a second and share that live stream today and help us reach as many people as we can. Just watch the volumes on that phone so that we don't hear the live stream in the service today. Interesting weekend of football already. Interesting weekend of football already. Pastor, I didn't come to church to hear about football. Well, I want to talk about football for a second. So we just, I'm just saying, oh, how the mighty fall. And I'm not talking about Auburn because everybody knew Auburn was going to be a sacrificial lamb yesterday. Georgia is just a brute force, man, and that they did what they were supposed to do. So look out for Georgia. Bama fans, our hearts are with you. As an Auburn fan, I would like to say that I mourn every time Alabama loses. <laughs> Can't even say it with a straight face. Now, I don't want to offend anybody, though, but look, if your team won, you're in the right place to celebrate. If your team lost, you're in the right place to mourn. Hopefully the Falcons do something today. They're playing right now across the pond over in London. I haven't figured that out, but... Um, I'll watch that game later because I'm recording it. Why? Because church comes first. That's why. Um, I'm all about God. Football is fun, but as passionate as I am about football, I am more passionate about Jesus. Guarantee you. What, what a hypocrite I would be if I shouted at a football game and didn't get buck wild crazy and praise Jesus in church. You know what I'm talking about? So... Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. Women, I'm excited for you. Women of Valor kicking off tomorrow night. Been a lot of buildup for that. Listen, how many of y'all would say if you could take 30 minutes of your time to impact somebody's life for eternity, you would do it? Yeah. Some of y'all are like, I've been in church before, Pastor. I know what's coming next. Yeah, here, here's the, that was the bait. Here's the hook. <laughs> um, listen, make sure that you take a minute today when you leave service, to sign up on the volunteer sheet for the Harvest Fest that we've got going on, or the Fall Fest that we've got going on. Time slots are listed out on those sign-up sheets, so you can pick your own time slots. I think they're in 30-minute sections or so, uh, an hour section. Let me rephrase that. If you could take an hour of your time and impact somebody's life. Now, if you can only do 30 minutes, we can accommodate that, I'm sure. Um, but we want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to serve at our church we value reaching our community. This is not a social club that we get together at every week. We are here on a mission to impact our community for Jesus, and so it's an easy way for you to be a part of an outreach. Now, it's fun for the community. We're doing it for free. We're giving away tons of food, cotton candy, popcorn, inflatable stuff, and I know I'm going to see some of y'all grown-ups on the big 20-something-foot slide that we're going to have, and it's going to be great. Don't worry, the crane that's parked behind the church is not part of the, the fall fest that's coming up. We're not going to be swinging people like that. They're doing work on the cell tower back there, which is to our advantage as a church. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of stuff going on for the community, but we need volunteers to help make it happen. So don't do this, okay? I used to be bad about this. I'll be honest with you. I used to be bad about waiting till the last week to sign up for something. 
because I wanted to see what slots were available, and I just wanted to be the fill-the-gap person and just hop in. Don't do that. You're going to make Pastor Rachel freak out. Why? Because she's in charge of volunteers for this thing. And so I ask her every week, how are we doing on volunteers? Hey, help her be able to tell me we're doing a great job with volunteers. Listen, men, men, let me challenge you. There's a lot of ladies signing up to volunteer. We need some testosterone present for the fall fest. Man, can we step up and serve and lead by example in the church? So let me challenge you man to man. Uh, do that. Pastor, what are you going to I'm going to be serving too. I'm going to be serving my slot too, and I'm going to be bouncing around all over the place trying to win people for Jesus. It's going to be a great evening and a lot of fun, so let me encourage you to do that. If you got your Bibles or your tablets, uh, open them up to the uh, book of Galatians. I think the notes for the message today are also available on version, so you guys watching online, you can follow along with those um, on version as well as what's hitting the screens as you're watching the live stream today. I want to say thank you to Pastor Jeremy for doing a great job bringing the message last week. Though I will say to defend my heart and motives, I did not, I did not pick birthday celebrations over church because I have an issue with idolatry or whatever in my life. Man, look, sometimes pastors just need to get away especially when they have staff that take stabs at them when they're out of town. Pastors need to get away to pray for their staff's salvation. I'm just saying. I I tell you, there's a, a lot of things that I love about Pastor Jeremy. Here's one of the things I really like about him. He is like a comment fire. And the more you throw it, it's like gasoline to a fire. Like he will just go nonstop. And you can give it to him and he'll give it back to you. He's, he's great uh, for somebody like me because I like to pick on people. And he just pick right back. And uh, we've got a great relationship that way. So I love the dude. He's a good guy. Um, so just, just listen, when you're celebrating Pastor Appreciation Month, I know a lot gets said about me. And a lot gets said about Pastor Kelly. But you need to know that you have a staff here that loves you with all their heart, that loves God with all of their heart. And it's not just me and Kelly. You have a team of leaders here that do a phenomenal job leading this church. You really do. You really do. Very blessed at this church. Our salary (laughs) allotment for our budget should be like 100,000 times bigger than it is right now. Um, because of the quality of leaders that we have here, because places pay big money to get leaders of the caliber that we're blessed with here at this church. And so, praise God for that. Uh, Let's dive into this today before I ramble too far, because the goal is to finish service and actually get out there and let people know about Jesus. So let me equip you today and pour into you today so that we can get out there and rock this world for Jesus. Amen? Hey, quick quick check. We're, We're awake this morning, right? We're full of passion. You guys ready to have some fun? Y'all did help me preach a little bit today. Let's practice for a second. Let me hear an amen. Amen. I'm about to hear preach it, Pastor. Yeah, that'll get me going right there. <laughs> Not that I need that, but but sure is fun to hear everybody shout that. Galatians chapter five, starting in verse twenty-two. This is our anchor verse for this series. We're always going to start off with this thing. But the Holy Spirit produces. This kind of fruit in our lives. Now, here's the $20 question for this series. Who produces the fruit in our lives? Holy Spirit. Spirit. 
He does that out of our relationship with Jesus. So all of these things that we're going to read about and talk about today and over the next several weeks, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of that stuff is produced by the Holy Spirit in us as a change, like he's working as a change agent, developing us from the inside out. Okay, the only way to operate with this fruit in your life is through relationship with Jesus as the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in your life. Okay, now I know that's pretty self-explanatory because we just read it, but you'll be surprised how many people I come across that are just frustrated and honestly exhausted spiritually because they have worn themselves out trying to produce the fruit and change in their own lives that the Holy Spirit is supposed to do. So take a deep breath. Everybody go, let it out. All right, let the Holy Spirit do his work. Your job is to get close to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to change you from the inside out so that your walk with God is not a rigid act of discipline, but it's an overflow of an abundance of love and joy and work of the Holy Spirit inside of you, okay? That's what it's supposed to be about. Don't buy into the religion trap where you try to do stuff on your own. Let the Holy Spirit do his work in your life. And having said that, um, we're going to talk about the fruit of patience, the fruit of patience in our lives, Aren't you glad you got up for this this morning? It, I mean, isn't it one of the just top five most celebrated and can't wait to talk about topics ever? Let's talk about how I can be more patient in my life. Man, now, I know I can ask this question and I know what the answer is going to be. How many of you would say, Pastor Josh, I could be a little bit more patient in my life? Yeah, yeah, I got two hands up. This dude right here, I guarantee you, I can be a lot more patient in my life. I'm finding, though, as I get closer to God, it's like, not like the major things that get me with patience. The world could fall apart, and I can process that and deal with that, and that's no problem. I can be patient through the process and watch the pieces come together because I understand how all that works, and the Holy Spirit's produced at least some degree of patience in my life through my relationship with God. I'll tell you what gets me. I'll just be honest with you. Man, it's a little stuff. It is the little stuff, man. It's the having to tell my kid for the 18th time, don't go running through the living room and dive bomb jump into the chair. You know what I mean? Or pick up your toys. The Legos. Any of your parents ever walk through the Lego minefield at night? Oh, my Lord, you're just trying to get to the bathroom. The toys aren't even supposed to be on the way to the bathroom, but there's a Lego minefield. And they will, hallelujah. When you walk, step, step on one of those, man, it'll just, it'll test where your walk with God is in a hurry. You're either going to speak in tongues or speak in some kind of weird language or say words in different languages that, yeah. So it, it'll get you. Little things. Traffic sets me off. It sets me off. I can't handle it. Listen, you want to know how much Pastor Josh has prayed any given week? Ride with him through Atlanta. You will find out. I'm either going to shout to the Lord or, my God, what is wrong with... Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry about that. The, the people, what's the deal with just cutting in on top of somebody? 
what is the deal with blocking two lanes of traffic with your car so nobody can get by? Well, is anybody feeling me this morning? What is the deal with this? What's the deal with the IQ level of the general public dropping by 40 points when it rains outside and they get behind the steering wheel of a car? I just don't get sick. So, see, I'm, I'm letting loose right now. This is a little therapeutic for me. Uh, little things like that bug me, man. It's, I find it hard to be patient in the little things sometimes. And um, lines. I hate lines. I understand waiting in lines. And I'm cool with waiting my turn. I get the world does not rotate around me. I understand that. So I can wait my turn in line. What gets me is when somebody's in line in front of me, especially like at a coffee shop or at like a fast food place or something, and I got to wait for them to recalibrate their brain while they figure out what they want on the menu. And it's like this little buffer wheel is going. You can just see it. They're like, they're buffering, they're buffering, they're buffering. They have no idea what they want to order. And I'm like, I knew what I wanted to order before I walked into this place. I knew what I wanted to order off the menu before I got in the drive through line. You know, I, I want a biscuit and I want a cup of coffee. I'm, and, and I start asking questions like, what, what made you pull into the drive through line? What made you stop at this? Like something clicked in your brain that made you say, I want to go to that place and order something to put into my body. Yet when you get up there and it's time to order, boop, goes blank. I don't get it. Women, why are y'all just sitting quietly in here right now? I don't understand that. All the men are laughing and looking away from the ladies they're sitting next to right now. I don't get that. Now, um... <laughs> I've seen guys that are bad about it too, but that was hilarious because all the guys were like, yeah, this carpet sure is a nice shade of, yeah, what is that? I don't know, but it sure is. <laughs> but I, I, I'm telling you, man, it just, it lights me up. It lights me up. And this, I, I'll tell a story on myself too. I didn't intend to share all this. This is real therapeutic for me, so thank y'all. Thank you. I'll give you all a dollar as you leave today. You've helped me. Online people, sorry, should have been here. You could have had a dollar. Should have had it all. Should have had a dollar. Could have got a, an ice cream at McDonald's or something after service today. So, um, <laughs> I was in line one time at a gas station, and a few a few people back, and man, you, you know the people that that they'll just take forever to pick out what kind of cigarettes they want, yes. and you got to wait in line behind them. So. This guy was up there, and he just froze. He didn't know if he wanted this kind or this kind, and he changed his mind twice, and then he went back to the one he originally said that he wanted. So he got three packs of those, and I was sitting back there going, okay, my little patience meter's going, ping, 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 you know, and then he decided he wanted to buy a bunch of lottery tickets. Now, I had somewhere to be. Why does it always happen when you got somewhere to be? You know what I mean? Like I, I should have done been down the road going to where I had to go after that. And this guy's like reliving his life story as he picks out each individual lottery ticket. And so he gets all the stuff, pays the, you know, the guy at the register and turns around. And have you ever said something and you were conscious of the fact that you were saying it? But it was almost like an outer body experience and the words just shot out of your mouth before you could 
use that little filter that usually grabs that stuff and pulls it back and saves you a lot of headache and hard time. Yeah, so <laughs> those words just went boom straight out there, and I went, oh, no. The guy turned around, and I looked at him, and I said, bro, you could have just given me the 30 bucks, and I could have called you a loser. And the guy, the cashier, the cashier went. And the people behind me, they all just kind of went. <laughs> it was me and this dude. And I realized, man, I had just put all my cars on the table. Something's fixing to happen or this guy's going to walk away. And he just got red-faced and turned around and walked away. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he walked away. But, man, sometimes... Being impatient can get you into trouble. And I thought the cashier was going to pass out. He was laughing so hard after the guy left. It was hilarious, though, man. He's like, I've always wanted to say that to someone. I'm like, me too, and I did it. And I'm so glad I lived to tell about it later. Do not recommend that you do that. I'm giving you examples of what not to do, okay? So don't go calling people their losers at gas stations after service. Well, pastor did it. I, no, that was a long time ago, and Jesus has done a lot in me since then but i tell you there are still times where i have to say thank you god for some patience in my life so i don't lose my stuff in this grocery store with coupon lady in front of me right now you know or and, and i get coupons if you coupon more power to you you know just don't coupon in front of me when i need to be down the road doing something else you know i just but but y'all know what i'm saying it's the little things that that slowly build up but it's also the big things in life, though, that we get impatient over, that, like the, the big things that we miss out on because we're impatient consistently on little things. Eventually, little things over time equal big things. And we live in a society today that's just, it's wired and set up for instant gratification. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I'm watching a football, or I'm recording a football game right now while I'm here at church. I'm going to go home and watch it, and I'm going to enjoy being able to skip every God-blessed commercial when I watch the game. It's going to be so awesome, you know? I mean, we can hop on Netflix and just, I mean, on demand, watch seasons of shows and just binge watch stuff. Some of y'all, I've seen your Facebook posts. Y'all have wasted weekends watching Grey's Anatomy. Y'all have, have wasted weeks of vacation time catching up on whatever shows, you know, and and then complain because they didn't make an extra season to tie up the one that they left you hanging. I, I get it. But it's all there. It's instant. It's instant. It's instant. If you don't want to go shopping, you can pick up your phone. Used to be you could just order some pizza or some Chinese stuff. You know? Now the world's just gone crazy. You can use DoorDash. You can use Uber Eats. You can, you can get anything pretty much brought to your house for a convenience fee. They'll bring it to you. It's instant, instant, instant. It's crazy. It just, you don't want to wait and mess around in the grocery store and risk getting caught behind coupon person. You can Instacart that junk and be fine, or you can just tell them what you want. They'll throw it all in a cart for you and have it waiting on you when you're going to pick it up. Or services will bring it to your house. You, know? you don't want to go through the mess of having a commitment and a relationship. You can shortcut it, and then you can... Hop on Tinder or Grinder, or you can. You don't like the commitment of your your marriage right now, and you want something fast and easy. Well, you can hop on Ashley Madison and get something quick and convenient, and just move on with life. You know, it's set up to meet every desire that we have. 
and give us instant satisfaction and gratification for it. That's how it's set up. Set up. Are you spending too much money on your car insurance? Well, I'll tell you what. In 15 minutes or less, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. It's all about. It's all about. You'll never see commercials again the same way, you know. Um, <laughs> it's whatever problem you think you're having, there's a quick, easy solution for it. And I love it. I love convenience, man. I love the simplicity of life because life is complicated enough, you know, and in so many different areas. I haven't, I haven't found a get your kid to understand to clean up their room fast service. So we're still doing that the old-fashioned way. Um, but man, say somebody say trash it all. I get it. Well, that's hitting the nuclear button. We're getting rid of everything and just throw it all away. And then they. They find stuff. This, the problem's not the stuff. The problem is setting good habits and systems and, and all of that stuff and trying to teach them that. It's crazy. So the world's set up for instant gratification, and we get used to that as people. And I think that it feeds, and I'll be honest with you, it feeds this selfishness in us that really never, ever goes away. I got news for you. It probably won't 100% go away while you're on this earth. Why? Because you're in the stuff called flesh. And this flesh wants what this flesh wants. And there's always going to be a war. The Bible says there's always going to be a competition between the spirit and your flesh. Your desires and God's desire and plan for your life. And so you have to decide which one you're going to sell out to and make the strongest in your life. But I'm telling you that even... Spiritual Superman is only one bad decision away from letting selfishness run rampant in their life. You got to be careful with that. So I think it feeds into selfishness, which brings me to a big question, just to continue this conversation today. I mean, is our addiction to convenience crippling our spiritual growth? I mean, is it? Because we're used to getting everything fast and easy in the world. But God doesn't work that way. Like, we want to click it and get it. And God doesn't work in seconds. God works in seasons. I'm going to say that again. He works in seasons. God likes to take his time. God likes to cook crock pot style in your life. It's not about the microwave. He wants to make sure that you're good and ready when you're good and ready. And I see this in church a lot. I mean, the last 10 years, like never before, churches have become convenience-based and consumer-driven. You have a consumer-mindset church. If you went into most of the churches in the country today, maybe not so much now, but before COVID especially, and you would have changed anything. Tweak the free coffee that gets given away. You changed up my free coffee. I didn't. It's free coffee, bro. Calm down. Yeah. It's okay. It'll be all right. You know, I don't like the bottle of water that the churches give away. Well, I don't like the style of worship. Really, since when was church a God-blessed shopping center where you could go through and pick out what you like and don't like? You know, it's just never been set up that way. But we've allowed the mindset of the world to come in. And just aside from the systems and, 
and the the styles and the, the the music and the look of a building and the chairs. You know, if you were to ask me, I hate the chairs in this church. Why? Because we've had the chairs in this church since 19, God blessed, 97 or whatever it's been. And they won't. Like some of them are getting close to falling apart, but they won't go away. They've been built to last forever. Been built to last forever. They don't even really match what's going on in this room right now. I want new chairs for the church, but right now we have these chairs for the church that are great chairs for the church, and you can sit in most of them without fear of falling on the floor. You know, and uh, it's great and it's a blessing. It's little things like that. You know, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we? Well, when was it ever about us? We get trained by the world to think that it's all about us. And then we get into a system where God says, it has very little to do with you, Jack. And it has very much to do with me. And there's a paradigm shift, shift that, that takes place. Oh, it's not about me. I can't be selfish. Now you're telling me to be selfless. Now you're telling me to deny myself, to pick up my cross, and to follow you that my life is not my own anymore, that I'm now hidden in Christ Jesus and I belong to him. And he belongs to me. I was bought with a price. There's, there's, it's different. And so patience, especially in spiritual processes, do not come naturally to us. And people say, Pastor Josh, I tried church. You challenged me to, to stop watching online all the time. And I came to church to experience it, and I didn't get anything out of it, man. I just, okay, well, let's talk about this. How many services did you attend? I came to two in a row. See, you gave God two services, what, on a dare? To, to change your life and do something in you? <laughs> All right, God, I'll give you two. Then I'm going back to my online stuff. Yeah, I, Really? I tried tithing, and it doesn't work. All that baloney about God blessing you if you give to his kingdom, that's a bunch of malarkey. Okay, cool. Talk me through it. Where did it mess up? I know what the word of God says. I know from personal experience it's always worked for me. So tell me what the deal is. Well, I tried tithing for a whole month. Okay. What did you think was going to happen? I'm going to give my tithe today, and I'm going to wait for the Bentley to be in my driveway by Thursday. Here it comes. Holy Ghost, bring it on. Bring that blessing, blessing, blessing. Press down, shaking together, running over. And, but God talks about sowing with finances and then reaping a harvest. You don't plant corn one day and walk out the next day and complain because no corn has grown. There's a reason why God uses this as an illustration. You sow over time. It's a pattern in your life. And then you reap back as a pattern in your life as it's given back to you. So it's not about giving to get, and that's where people mess up. It's about giving to give so that God can give you more, so that you can give more, so that God can give you more, so that you can give more. And so a pattern develops where you become a funnel of blessing to other people and the church and individuals and everywhere you go, you learn to live by your giving. That's what God wants to establish. Can't you do that in four weeks, you know? I've been trying to read the Bible. I did it three days in a row. Still doesn't make sense to me. 
Hey, I remember those days, y'all. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to try to play with you. I remember those days. There are still some times where I read some of the stuff Jesus said, and I go, what? And I had to back up and reread it again because it's like, I know the disciples just asked you something, and now you're talking about a, a, a grain of wheat that falls on the sand and produces or not produces, and they just asked you, hey, you want to go to lunch? You know, uh, he speaks in parables, and sometimes there, you have to do a lot of study to figure I get it. I get it. Have to be patient with these processes. Okay, God doesn't Instacart stuff. Why? Because He's developing something in you. Okay, He's producing change inside of you. Now God can do things. I mean, just like that overnight. Most of the time, though, He does things over time, as He's working inside of you to change you from the inside out giving the Holy Spirit time to produce fruit, okay? In producing fruit, there's a season where there is no fruit, where the seed is doing what the seed does, and then it produces the plant and the fruit. The fruit takes time to produce. Don't get frustrated is what I'm saying. And it's, it's a radical concept to us because we're not used to thinking this way because we come out of a worldly mindset that says we want it now. This is why we've got to understand this. All right, you cannot get patient through discipline alone. Okay, this is something different. This is not an act of will or discipline. This is a state of being that's developed in you as the Holy Spirit does his work, and this is what's crazy. When we don't understand this naturally, and I want you to understand this spiritual principle. Okay, I went to Walmart the other day. Woohoo! Love going to Walmart. Went to Walmart because I had to get something, and you know they've got all those registers. Two of them are open, like clockwork every time. Christmas Eve, ten thousand people in the store. Repeat and repeat, working two registers over on the side. Usually it seems like it's crazy. And now they've got all the self-checkout stuff, and that's where they're trying to make up for it. So you get to work for Walmart while you're buying stuff from Walmart. I still haven't seen a check yet, by the way, and I'm a pretty good bag boy. i got to be honest with you. Boy, I can check some people out. And I haven't seen my check yet. Some of those registers, though, when you go up there, you guys have probably seen them. They say card only, no cash. They only accept a certain kind of payment. You can walk up to a card only with all the cash in the world, and it's not going to do you any good. And you can have $10,000 sitting in your bank account with a debit card ready to just rack out every dollar of it, and you go yard selling, and you see the thing that you got to have, and she looks at you and she says, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have anything to take a debit card. You got any cash? All I can do is take cash here. doesn't matter how much money you have in that account. You've got the wrong form of payment. It's not going to do you any good. Why are you saying all this, Josh? Here's why. Because some things in life can only be purchased by patience. There are some things in life that can only be purchased by patience. And this is where a lot of us make mistakes. Some of us are exhausted right now because you're trying to purchase your calling or you're trying to purchase your relationship or your work and your effort. 
You're, you're trying to, to push through to the other side, doing what you've been trained to do your whole life. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. That'll get you a lot of stuff. But there's some things in life that can only be purchased by patience. And it doesn't matter how hard you work to try to accomplish the ministry or the promotion or the whatever. <clears throat> if God wants you to develop a certain amount of patience to pay for what you're about to walk into. Listen, you can work as hard as you want to. You're just exercising. Amen. You'll never step into it because some things can only be purchased by patience. There are seasons in your life where God says, wait. Just wait. But I want it right now. God, my biological clock is ticking. You don't understand. Wait. Wait. Now, you can go out and grab something that looks good in jeans, but you'll pay for it later. And you might miss out on Mr. Right, because Mr. Right could only be purchased by waiting on God's timing and not trying to make it happen on your own. There's some things that can only be purchased by patience in your life. Spiritually, there are so many things that can only be purchased by patience. And waiting on God. Uh, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read you through some scripture and, and kind of dig into this a little bit. Speaking about patience and, and how it works. Romans 12 verse 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. Be patient in trouble. I have a hard time being patient in trouble sometimes. Trouble is not when I want to be patient. Trouble is when I want results yesterday. You know what I mean? My kid is sick. I want my kid healed yesterday. Um, the car broke down. I need that fixed yesterday. Okay, now I've got to be patient through this process and trust. There's a reason why it says be patient in trouble and keep on praying. The key to being patient in trouble is through your relationship with Jesus. It's in prayer. So this really isn't like a a commandment or a suggestion as much as he's starting to give a strategy in Scripture. If you want to be patient in trouble, keep praying, draw close to God, and let that fruit of patience be birthed in your life. Now, I'm filling in a lot of blanks there around the Scripture, but if you look at Hebrews chapter 6, uh, looking at verse 12, it says, We do not want you to become lazy. Everybody say, let, don't be lazy. Now, I want to stop here for a second, because when we see this word lazy, we think Mr. So-and-so sitting in his easy chair, flipping through the TV, yelling for somebody to bring him another Dr. Pepper. Bring me another one! Bring me another one! It's not lazy. That's talked about here. The laziness talked about here, if you dig into it, is, is about being lazy in process. Okay? What he's saying is, don't take the easy way out. Don't take the path of convenience. Don't be lazy in your development. Don't be lazy in a time of testing. Don't look for the easy way. How many times do you just look for an e any way out of a situation that you might find yourself in sometimes? God's saying don't do that. Don't look for the easy way out. Look for the right way through the situation. A lot of times God doesn't bring you out of something. He walks you through it. That's where patience comes into play. He says, we don't want you to become lazy or looking for the easy way out or to find 
the, the path of convenience or comfort. But we want you to, look at this, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. I think it's neat that he says we want you to in, imitate those who have done this. You know what he's saying? Hey, boo-boo, you're not the only person to go through a situation that you wanted to hit fast forward through. You're not the only person that's walked through a storm. You're not the only person that's dealt with these emotions. You're not the only person that wanted to throw something on the credit card instead of waiting until you have enough money and savings to pay cash for it. You're not the only person to want instant gratification. You're not the only person to want to skip the process of becoming a leader in a church and just get the stamp on. You're not the only person who's wanted to do this. But instead of taking that easy way out, imitate those who have done this. And here's, this is kind of a strategy. It's kind of a formula that's given to us here. It's faith and patience. Through faith and patience, they inherit what has been promised. So God promises something, or God says he'll do something in his word, or God's spoken to you, fill in the blank, whether it's relationship, it's job-related, or something in ministry that he shared with you that you're going to do over the long haul. Um, God's spoken something to you, okay? Now, if God says it, can you count on it? Okay, that's where faith comes into play. So now faith is in operation because God's spoken it. Now, I have to wait for the passing of time. I have to be patient while God is doing what he's doing. And then I step into the promise. Faith and patience unlock the promise. Faith and patience. Listen, I'll say this will protect you from a lot of heartache and a lot of headache and a lot of exhaustion if you will learn to just operate in what God told you to do and then let God do what only God can do and let him open the door instead of you breaking your ankle trying to kick the door down yourself. Okay, this is a mistake that we make a lot of times. Like that old joke, God was praying and he's talking to God and he said, Oh God, I need to talk to you for a moment. God said, yeah, what you need, buddy? Because that's, that's what God says. He says, yeah, what you need, buddy? He says, Lord, what's a billion dollars like to you? And God said, a penny. He said, wow, it's a penny. That's crazy. Lord, I got to know then if that's the case, what, what's a billion years like to you? And he said, God said, Second. And then the man kind of grinned a little bit, looked up at heaven and said, Lord, can I have a penny? And God said, sure, just a second. See? See, Tom operates totally different with us than it does with God. He stands outside of time. He sees the beginning and the end. See, that's why... Why, um, when Jesus was talking to some, a group of people, he said, before Abraham was, I am. <sighs> Dig into that. Jesus on the earth saying, before Abraham was, I am. There 
here and there. More than just the beginning and the end. He is at the beginning and at, he stands outside of time and sees all this in operation. And it's no wonder that us on this planet, living on TikTok time, get frustrated sometimes with how he operates. Because we're wanting that penny, and he's saying just a second. You know, so you, you got to have faith in operation there. That only comes through your walk with God. And you see this play out with people all through the Bible. Look at the life of Joseph. Okay, God gave Joseph this vision, this dream. He gave him a funky, cool-looking uh, plaid coat of many colors, you know, and Joseph's rocking that thing around. And, but Joseph didn't know that it was going to be about 14 or so years of him being sold into slavery, falsely accused, thrown into prison, sitting there for a while, being forgotten about, and then... Suddenly, one day, he would be able to step into what God said he would do all those years ago. Sometimes God says, just a second. That's where you need that faith that works, the patience in your life. Because the trap is, the trap is to become impatient. Not just with the little things, but the big picture of where God is taking you. And you lose out on more by grabbing what's quickly available. So patience, by definition, is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay without getting upset. It's the capacity, it's the ability, it's something that's almost a trait that's inside of you. You have the capacity to be able to accept or tolerate delay without getting upset. Can that be said of you? Just put your name right there. Where it, instead of patience, just put your name. So I'll put my name. It says Josh has the capacity to accept or tolerate delay without getting upset. Is that true in my life? Man, I love to say it is all the time. But it's not all the time. If I'm just going to be real with you, because there's some stuff that I have to push down in order to live in the spirit like God calls me to. Because this stuff never goes away. Now, I'm not trying to cut your legs out from underneath you because you can be an overcomer. You can overcome your flesh. You can live in freedom from sin. I want you to hear that. I'm not setting the bar low, but I'm keeping it real with you too because I know that there's a struggle there and there's a process that we all go through in making that flesh submit to what the Spirit of God is leading us to do. Okay, So I'm not preaching this up for you. I'm keeping it real this morning. Patience, patience is where the battle is won and lost for a lot of us because a lot of us get upset because we don't have that capacity to accept or tolerate, because we have not allowed the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of patience in our lives. So, we try the get-rich-quick schemes. So, we, instead of waiting until... It's, listen, can I just get a little close to home? This, can we do that a little bit? All right. So, instead of waiting until we have a sizable amount of money to put towards a down payment for something will finance the mess out of it and get ourselves trapped in a huge mountain of debt. We'll take that credit card that we said we would get and use discipline with. Famous last words of so many people. We're just going to get it to keep it for emergencies. Son of a gun, did you see that big screen TV that was on sale? That's an emergency. I need that thing. Start swiping away. 
Can you believe that? They had buy five, get one free over here at this place. Then you get that statement in a couple of months, and you're like, $3,500, how did I spend? It takes forever to pay that stuff off. Our impatience creates a lot of extra work for us. Now we have a mountain of debt to deal with, and you know what debt does? Kills your financial freedom. You're not able to give to bless others like you could because now all your resources are going to pay for the stuff that you couldn't wait for. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, okay? Um, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of how the trap works. So the devil tries to get us caught up in a ton of financial mess so that we can't give to help. Like if E-Kids had a fundraiser for something, we couldn't give to it. Or like with church, we're in the middle of a 12-stone campaign right now where we're trying to raise money to do this next step with our church and, and bring in money to fund this outreach we're doing in October at the end of the month. Listen, we're still raising money for that joker, you know? But when you, when you tap out all of your finances because of impatience and bury yourself in debt, you can't operate in the financial freedom. And honestly, the biblical stewardship that God gives us in his word. And it puts you in a trap. People destroy themselves emotionally because they don't wait on God for what he wants to do. That's easy for you to say, preacher, you're married. Yeah, I'm married. And you know how many people I dated before I married Pastor Kelly? I was 26 when I married Pastor Kelly. I dated one girl when I was 14. For three weeks, we had it going on. We had it going on. Then she cheated on me with some other dude in school. Crazy. And then I went on a few dates with a lady before Pastor Kelly and I got serious. So about three months or so before Kelly and I got serious, I went on a couple of dates with a girl. And then God said, that's the one. I didn't make myself emotionally vulnerable. Why? I actually applied this stuff. That doesn't make me better than you. This is me saying, hey, you can apply this stuff and you don't have to be like everybody else that lives down here. You can operate up here. Okay? You can wait to have sex until after you're married. I'll say, oh, wow, it just got quiet. I'm not trying to drag up any pass in here. Look, it's all under the blood. Some of y'all got red face and all. I'm not trying to bring all that stuff up. But listen, you can wait. That's easy for you to say you're married. No, no. Look, Pastor Kelly and I, both virgins, when we got married, because we saved ourselves for each other. It can be done. You just have to decide to let this stuff work in your life. Now, if you didn't do that, I get it. We've all got different testimonies. We've all got different pasts, and we all came to know Jesus at different times in our lives. So if that's not your story, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to throw shade on you. Look, it's all under the blood of Jesus, amen? amen? Okay, so you get what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you can apply this stuff and let it work in your life. A lot of times we miss out on so much that God wants for us because spiritually we try to be lazy and take that path of convenience instead of waiting patiently for God to do what God does. And nobody's exempt from that. No one's exempt from that. There will come a time where you will have to be patient on the Lord to do His work. 
and then step in obedience to what he's calling you to do on the other side of it. Um, Jesus was not exempt from that. Who thinks you're better than Jesus? Nah. If Jesus had to go through this, we have to go through this. Think about this. <laughs> he, he had... He was 100% God and 100% man, right? That's what the Bible says, okay? So, theoretically, those memes on Facebook where Mary's trying to give Jesus a bath and he's walking on the bathtub water, that could have come into play because Jesus was still 100% God and 100% human. What I'm saying is he had the capacity spiritually to operate that way. Jesus could have raised the dead when he was 12 years old. Jesus could have healed blind eyes when he was 15 if he wanted to. Jesus could have uh, theoretically given his life as a sacrifice for sins on his own volition at 18 years of age. But Jesus had to be patient for God's timing. A lot of people don't want to hear this, but I want you to hear this today, especially if you're a leader or someone called into ministry. If you're someone that's got big dreams inside of you, maybe you guys watching online, I'm talking to you right now. You've got a dream in your heart, and you're ready for the promotion. You're ready for the business opportunity. You're ready to step into it. Calling and gifting don't matter until it's God's time of fulfillment. They just don't. They don't matter. Jesus had all of that capacity and it didn't matter because it wasn't God's time of fulfillment. Now think about this. Jesus lived for 30 years. The Son of God, for 30 years Jesus lived on this earth so that he could have three years of ministry. And out of that three years of ministry, he had three hours of purpose. Dying on the cross. For you and me. 33 years total. 30 years of submission. 3 years of ministry. For 3 hours to do what he was on this earth to do. He had to be patient and wait on his father's timing. And I want to encourage you. Be patient and wait on your father's timing. Don't get ahead of him. Don't settle for a counterfeit because here's where the devil will come in and offer you the easy way out. And he'll feed your frustration to get you to get off course. And you don't want to get off course because this doesn't get talked about a lot in church. But if you get off course and you get outside of God's will for your life and you get outside of God's timing, you open yourself up for a lot of headache, heartache, and trouble. Not just from your own mistakes and your own decisions, but you open up a spiritual door for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in your life because you step out from underneath the covering and protection of the will of God. That's enough to keep me on track by itself. I mean, look at 1 Samuel chapter 10. We're going to start reading at verse 8. This is a conversation that's taking place between Samuel, who's a prophet in Israel, and Saul, who is the king of Israel at the time. And um, God handpicked Saul to be king over Israel. And Samuel's giving him some instructions. And he's talking to the king now. And he says, Go down to Gilgal ahead of me. I will join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the word is go, and I'll join you. He says, you must wait for seven days until I arrive. 
and give you further instructions. Man, does that not just sound just like what God does for us? He says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to this place and I want you to wait for a set amount of time. And after you've waited for that set amount of time, then I'll come be with you and then I'll tell you what to do next. It's just what God does. He'll show you a glimpse of something. I want you to do this now. I want you to serve in this ministry now. I want you to give to this now. And then I want you to wait and trust me and be patient. And then when the time's right, I'll show you the next step. Your job is to be obedient to do what I told you to do last. And so a lot of you guys know the story, but just in case you don't, I'm going to finish it up in 1 Samuel 13 verse 8. Saul goes where Samuel tells him to go and he waits for seven days. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel. As Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel didn't come. And Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. You ever been in a season where you did what God told you to do, but God just wasn't moving at least like you thought he said he was going to be moving in your life? Maybe things weren't progressing as fast as you thought they should be progressing and get a little bit antsy. Saul started to see these people slip away. And I just, look, I got news for you. I don't know who's watching this right now, but you're a leader in ministry. And I don't think it's anyone in this room if somebody's going to watch this. You're a leader in ministry and God has told you to do something. And you're just like Saul right now. And you're watching the soldiers around you slowly slip away. And I want to encourage you to stand strong in what God told you to do. And do not be persuaded by what you see happening around you. You stand on what God told you to do. It doesn't matter who stays or who goes. What matters is that you're obedient. And God will work the rest of the stuff out. We can apply that to our lives too. And he sees all these people slowly slipping away he sees the dream slipping away he sees the relationship slipping away we'll fill in the blank on what it could be for us and so he demanded bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings and Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself holy junk you don't do that now you've got a king trying to operate in the office of a prophet that's crazy when you try to shortcut God's path for you, you know what? You can find yourself stomping all over someone else's calling and office if you're not careful. And you begin to affect more people than just yourself. Just as Saul, in verse 10, was finishing the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcomed him. And Samuel said, what is this you've done? Saul replied, well, I saw the men scattering and you didn't arrive when you said you would. You didn't arrive when you said you would. You, Lord, I thought you said you were going to. And you weren't moving fast enough for me. And I had, I had to take matters into my own hands and make things happen on my own. I saw the men scattering. You didn't arrive when you said you would. And the Philistines are at McMash ready for battle. And so I, 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 I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled I felt, you ever felt compelled just to do some stuff on your own? He felt compelled. I love how he, how he words this. He tries to make it Samuel's fault. And now he feels compelled 
to offer the burnt offerings myself before you came. Samuel says, how foolish. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, now look at this. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Saul was supposed to be king over Israel for the rest of his life. His descendants were supposed to be king over Israel for all time. But because he was impatient and he took matters into his own hands, he took the easy route of convenience and was not patient and listening to God. It cost him everything. This doesn't get talked about in church a lot, especially nowadays. But listen, there is more at stake than just your convenience on whether or not you're obedient to what God asked you to do. Whether or not you're patient to wait for God to do what He said He would do in your life. It cost Him the kingdom. Saul ended up falling on his own sword in battle later. Instead of sitting on a throne, he died in a field. And his decision cost his son Jonathan his life too because our shortcuts always affect more people than just ourselves. Says, but now your kingdom must end for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's commands. See, Saul, Saul picked the calling. Saul picked the job, the relationship, the agenda over the heart of God. See, the secret to all of this is pursue the heart of God. If you pursue the heart of God and you're close to Him, listen, He fulfills everything that you need and He gives you your heart's desires. And He equips you with patience to wait through the process to get to His appointed time for you to step into what He has for you. Saul made the mistake of going after what he wanted when he thought he needed it and it cost him everything have you ever thought about what the decisions you've made in your life have cost you can't do anything about that now but we can do something about the decisions we make going forward and when you pursue your agenda over God's heart we step out of God's will and that's where the danger is you know how we wait can affect how long we wait. Because you can wait on God and just have the worst attitude ever. Sometimes I tell my kids to do something and they do it, but there's a little bit of attitude with it. You know? I know y'all have never seen that. <laughs> it's amazing how something so cute can turn so evil in a second. Then you have to beat them till they're cute again. In the name of Jesus, and I'm kidding, I don't beat my kids. But, um, how we wait determines how long we wait. People of Israel were supposed to take about an 11-day journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. But because they had horrible attitudes and complained the whole time, it took 40 years. And listen, they died in the desert. It cost them 40 years of time and their life. Because they waited with a horrible attitude. Let me encourage you. Listen, don't get mad at God. Be 
patient. Okay? Don't complain about what you don't have. Be grateful for what you do have. And be patient. And don't look at the people all around you enjoying all the friendships and the relationships or the promotions and the jobs and you get caught up on what you don't have. God, why can't I have that too? Hey, you're not going to hell. If God never did anything else for you, that is enough. That is enough. Be content in Him. And don't take 40 years to do what could have been done in 11 days. You can enjoy the promised land instead of dying in the desert. It's, it's all about the posture that you have and what you choose to do. So I got a question for you. How are you going to wait? How are you going to wait? I mean, are you going to freak out and say, God, I, I can't handle the pressure. I can't handle having to wait all this time. God, I want... I, 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 I. Or are you going to choose to wait? And take a different posture. Say, God, how can I serve you during this season? Because this is not about me. This is about you. My life is not my own anymore. I was bought with a price. And I'll deny myself. And I'll take up my cross. And I'll follow you. And I'll be patient and trust you through whatever the season is. Whatever the development is. Whatever it is. And I will operate in the gifts and the talents that I have now where you have put me and I'll be content because I'm doing what you told me to do and I'm not trying to get ahead of you with my own agenda and my own ego and I'm not trying to build a platform for myself but rather I'm building an altar in which I can surrender my life to you. How can I serve you? What can I do to serve in your church? How can I give to bless your kingdom? What can I do to bless somebody else? What can I do God to impact somebody's life today and take my eyes off of myself and my problems and let you use me to touch someone else how can I serve you when you take that posture you're waiting in a completely different way now I promise you it won't be 40 years you'll see the 11 days not a literal 11, but you understand what I'm saying. Pastor, you said 11 days, and it's been 12, and I had not seen... Look, give me a break. You'll speed the process up. I got a question for you. Are you patient? I got a better question for you. Are you submitted to God's will for your life? Or are you wearing yourself out, frustrated and aggravated because you're trying to blaze your own trail and do it on your own? Trying to accomplish stuff on your own that God said you should wait on Him to do for you. You want to live your life exhausted and burnt out and stressed out? Or do you want to live in peace and patience and the fullness of the presence and power of God? Rest in His will. Do what He told you to do. And be patient and wait. Be content in Him. Could it be said of you today there's a little more selfishness in you than probably should be? Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word, for what you're doing in our hearts today, and for this reminder 
at the cause of all of this, really, there's a struggle between ourself and your spirit. God, I pray that walls and defenses come down in this moment so that we see the truth about who we are and the reality of where we are in life. Maybe today's the day that we take our hands off the reins and begin to trust you like we should. That we're patient for you to do what you said you would do and be who you said you would be and provide and open the doors instead of stressing ourselves out with worry and trying to figure out how this is going to do it. We're just patient for you to be you. That we step outside of our selfishness and demand that everything happens our way around us. We get what we want, when we want it, no matter what it is, we go after it. While that drive and desire is a great tool when used properly and out of balance and in contradiction to your will, it can be detrimental to us. God, I pray that we hit the brakes for a second and just answer these questions. Who is in control of our lives? Is it us or is it you? Who are we trusting to provide for us? Is it us or is it you? Who do we look to to fulfill us? Is it other people or is it you? Are we being patient because we are content in who we are in you and who you are in us and not trying to be a little more than a little bit selfish with what we're going after in life? Heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. I want to ask a couple of questions this morning before we get out of here. And the first one is this. What's this message for you today? Pastor Josh, man, this is me right now. I'm dealing with patience in areas of my life. And it could be that the the, the struggle is in in patience itself. And that you're in the middle of a long season of waiting for God to do what he said that he would do. And you know that you need to begin to draw closer to him so that that fruit of patience can be born in your life on a different level. Maybe you have just let yourself take the steering wheel of life and you have made it all about you and you're incredibly impatient with processes and people and, and really with God, almost to the point of being upset with Him at times. Is patience an issue in your life? For whatever reason, if that's you, I want to pray with you this morning and I'm going to count to three and I want you to look your eyes up and look at me if that's you. I'm not going to call you up to the front or anything. I just want to pray for you where you are today. If that's you and you know it's you, count of three, lift your eyes up and look at me. And you guys watching online, whether it's now or later, drop a comment and let us know how we can pray for you today with regards to patience in your life. Here we go. If that's you, one, two, three, lift them up. And man, eyes are going up all over this place. God knows what he's doing. You can put your eyes back down. He knows what he's doing. Let's do this. Everyone, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Man, I I would dare say probably 85% of us this morning. 85% of us said, hey, you know what? This is something that I'm working through in my life right now. Probably the other 15%, you tapped out because you weren't patient enough to wait for the end of the message. You know, the good thing about all this stuff is that 
God doesn't set the bar so high that we can't reach it. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness. You're going to hear me say this a lot over the next few weeks. It all comes back to your relationship with Him. all comes back to Him. Contentment in that relationship gives the capacity to be patient without becoming upset when things don't go the way that we want them to or they take longer. When you're in traffic, God help your pastor, when you're in traffic and people are cutting you off, His grace is there to equip us with patience. Be patient on His timing. Listen, be patient on His timing. You look all through the Bible, you'll see Saul's a great example, but you'll see other people that weren't patient and they paid. And people that were patient and they thrived. Thrive. Be patient. Wait on God. Listen, He's God for a reason. And you are you for a reason. He created everything. And you're part of His creation. He's going to know a little bit more about how this stuff works than we do. Trust Him. Okay? Trust Him. And be patient. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we all just come before you right now. So many of us lifted up our eyes and said, this is, this is just a thing. Father, I pray that we begin a process now to, to die to ourselves like never before. And the only way that that's possible is to move closer to you. As we draw closer to you, we begin to walk like you, talk like you, reflect your attributes, your characteristics. We become more like you. And that's where this all is. Father, help us take a step away from this worldly mindset that we're coming out of, even if we've been saved for 30, 40, 50 years. Our flesh still at times craves and wants things that we have to set aside to be patient for you to do what you want to do in a situation. God, I pray that we put that part of ourselves to death daily. Like Paul said, he dies daily. Lord, let us take on that motto that we die to ourselves daily as we draw closer to you and that we abide in the fruit of patience that you are bringing forth in us and out of us, Father, to be a glorious example to other people. How do you you operate in this peace? Because I have patience. (laughs) How do you have patience? Because I have peace. How do you have all of that? Because I have joy. What? Because I'm operating in love. Because the Holy Spirit is doing His work inside of me. And I'm letting Him change me from who I used to be into who God desires for me to be. So Lord, we just ask You to keep working in us. Keep improving. Lord, I ask that You don't teach us patience. (laughs) Lord, birth patience in us we don't want to have to go to the school of hard knocks Lord be our teacher and change us from the inside out God I thank you for this church Lord I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts Lord for how you're growing us closer to you God I thank you for all the ministries that you're launching through this church to impact others for the favor that you're giving us God I thank you that you're working in us in this season so that you can work through us in the season to come. 
And I pray that we all catch a glimpse of that because that's what you're doing. You always work in us before you work through us on another level. And you're preparing us for that. God, we give you glory and we give you praise for the truth of your word, for what you've done in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Let's give God some praise for what he's doing in this place.